Welcome to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast with Shredded Ed, Cardio Johnny, Paul C, Matt Mork Super Troll, and Brazil Hadley. The best infotainment show around where you'll hear us joke, banter, and debunk all the nutritional myths you've heard time and time again, helping you get fit, healthy, and shredded. Oh, look at that. I've just got Ed picking his nose. <laughs> I've got one really long hair in my nose that's yeah. doing my head in. <laughs> Things keep getting attached to it. <laughs> sure. I need to get a, a schnoz right. trimmer. I've got one you can borrow. Just there. Uh, it. Old-fashioned way. Go on, put it out. Put it out. Go on. I'll get the tweezers later. It's literally, I think it's the most painful place to pour hair from. I hope you're rolling and this is getting recorded. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> you're talking about pulling out your uh, your pubic hair around your asshole. You? <laughs> That's two totally different things. <laughs> oh, is that not what you're talking about? Sorry. You're just talking about pulling hair. Get on with it, boy. Well, right. Well, this is episode number 62, I believe, of the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast. That is a different entry. <laughs> to our usual type of entry. Uh, and knowing my meant. editing skills, I will 100% keep that in. <laughs> you call it skills, I call it a stitch up, but yeah. <laughs> okay, never mind. Um, Talk well, hello. Talking of stitches, we've got, what's, his, what's this nickname Paul's given him? Slice. Slice or something? Christ. Everyone started calling me Slice. That's a horrible nickname. The, I know. There are millions of better nicknames out there. It's a little bit weak, I must admit, but if that's what we're going with, then that's what we're going with. That's the one that seems to have stuck. <laughs> I'm not going with it. I'm not a fan, if I'm honest, but, you know, mm. that's hope I'm giving. I, the problem is, mate, you just don't look hard enough for the name Slice. <laughs> you, you say that, it's quite funny. So now, people deal with you differently. Like I swear they think it's some sort of... I don't know, something you've done or you're a bit of a hooligan or something. Like, people's reactions, I mean, it was pretty extreme, obviously, but people's reactions are a bit funny. More so when I was at what? London Bridge with Ed in my dressing gown, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure that's <laughs> You're like I'd um, taken, so for, for context, Matt was in his gown. Um, admittedly, he was wearing Gandhi pajamas as well and slippers, but he was in his gown with a dressing gown on, uh, with a drip coming out of his neck. Uh, with this massive scar, with this like really visible stitches, uh, all look like which is it's quite extensive. What is it? About four or five inches long? Oh, bigger than that, mate. Bigger than that. Um, so six inches. Six, six inches, right? So uh, ac- across the side of his neck, so it's pretty visible. And he just walks out the hospital, which is opposite the shard. Uh, and we walked to go and look at some. Um, what was it? A portion, a couple of rolls that were outside the shop. Yeah, for the gamble. Yeah, and we went and uh, had a little look at those. So people were looking at him like he was either a mental patient, sort of escape for the day, or but yeah, but with this massive scar. Uh, I'd like to point out I was on a, a mix of uh, opiates at that point. Hospital administered, <laughs> so not, not my own personal. Leave. Um, so I really, I really didn't care. <laughs> so it, it was it was quite an event. Yeah, it was quite funny. You're you're all good now, there, mate. You're healed, right? On the, on the road there, mate. On the road there. Another still a long way to go before I can start doing normality stuff again. But um, yeah, I think kind of a month off work. Uh, they had to take some of the artery wall out. 
or a small portion of it anyway. So just got to take it easy for a while, which is hard, real hard. Like only a week in, I'm yeah, itching to get out and do stuff, but I've really got to take it uh, easy. easy. I found out when I went yeah. to London for check up. I'll tell you what we could do. That'd be quite a nice content for another week where how are you going to ease yourself back into things after having, obviously, this little layoff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And some of the recovery yeah, stuff, which was um, some of the nutritional stuff we did. Just even the hospital was advocating it as well, which was nice. Yeah, I suppose that's the benefits of maybe a, a non-NHS hospital. Yes, potentially, yeah. Yeah. Not, not that I'm knocking the NHS because, to be honest, my experience of it has been pretty, pretty positive on the whole. But oh yes, so yeah, of course. Okay. Um, I would never, um, you know, the the only reason I, I had that private was because work paid for it, and it, you, the care you don't you get isn't any different from uh, NHS hospitals. The the kind of you know the medical care you get, it's just. You get your own room and you get uh, some nice facilities and food. That's you know kind of the only difference. Um, but yes, otherwise, all this, my surgeon was an NHS surgeon who works part time private. So, like I said, no different. No, no, they they got a tough job. The NHS. Yes. Well, yeah. yeah when I went to visit, the the hospital was dead. It was absolutely dead. There was nobody really about. There was a couple of people on. Uh, I suppose this is the difference. Uh, there was a really nice terrace where you could overlook pretty much like the whole of London. Uh, you'd pay millions of pounds for that view if it was your house. Um, and then you got a three-course meal for your evening meal. Right? I think that was some of the big differences. <laughs> yeah, I, I think yeah. it's one of those things. People, you know, like private healthcare is always contentious, but... The way I viewed it, anyway, is I'm just taking off, straight off the NHS by doing it private. So that's, that was my view, anyway. And yeah, I'm not paying for it. Mate, we, I wasn't calling you some sort of snob no, because you, no, you no, of went not. to a private hospital. You know, that's what you got to remember. I work for an insurance company. I know all about the benefits of private healthcare. It's just, um, you know, it, it just, just looked quite nice, you know, look, especially it, it, the food. Yeah, it looked, looked very nice. I know it was it was lovely. It was like a hotel. If I didn't have surgery, I'd I wouldn't mind staying there for a week, especially in the heat <laughs> where we had the aircon on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Right. visits to get some morphine. That was that was nice. Again, Ed, yeah. how's um? Let, let, let's uh, let's find out how Ed Ed the shred, not shredded Ed, is um, fared this week because you weren't on last week either. So it'd be interesting to find out how you, what you've been up to the last couple of weeks. Uh, yeah, so I. Uh, well, I was in London last week. Uh, we went. What did we do? Oh, we went to the Hockey World Cup finals for the ladies, which was really cool. Um, seeing Ireland versus the Netherlands, um, the underdog. Uh, yeah, obviously didn't fare too well, but it was really cool. Just sort of backing a, a local team that wasn't England, um, which was it was it was a nice it was nice to see the amount of British people there getting behind the Irish, which was really really cool. Um, so the atmosphere was. I've been down to. Especially the stadium where they play all the the England stuff, uh, the Lee Valley Stadium. I've been down there quite a few times, and I've I, I worked it out. I think I've actually been to every major hockey event now, um, which is really cool. So I've been to the Olympics, the World Cup, the Commonwealth Games, the Euros, and as far as I'm aware, there's nothing else on an international scale that I've not really been to. So that's pretty cool. And the atmosphere again was completely different, and they, they built the stadium up even larger than every other time I've been. 
uh, there was like 10,000 people there watching hockey, which was just insane. Uh, and then obviously all the people watching it on TV. And, uh, yeah, so that was cool. Um, obviously went to visit Matt, saw some friends that lived that way. Um, went to see a show. Uh, yeah, just did standard London stuff. But uh, no, I'm good, I'm good. Um, worked away this weekend, so it's nice to be home again now. Yeah, all good in the hood. What about you? Bad life as usual. Not a lot else, really. Started a two-week mini-cut. Oh, sorry. I'm two weeks into a... Yeah, it's been my third week, I think, of a mini-cut. After, obviously, what's that? 14 weeks of massing or something. Post-show. Nice. So, um, yeah, just... I don't know. It's strange. I mentioned on the last couple of episodes, or not on the last, on a couple of pre- previous recent episodes, I should say. My weight just kind of went really randomly, like, skyrocketed out of nowhere. And... I kind of thought I'd control calories enough to be much outside of my like kind of plans, but maybe they were, I don't know. I did eat out a lot, which obviously maybe I was just kind of getting them horribly wrong in terms of what I was estimating, but my, I was kind of putting on sometimes like two, three pounds a week, which bear in mind, I probably didn't even want two, three pounds a month, you know, so, um, so my, my weight did go up reasonably quickly over probably a good three or four week period. I kind of stuck with it because I kind of figured oh, it's just, it, you know, either it was just going to water weight or, you know, it'll eventually just settle and, and stop, but it didn't. So I kind of got forced off. I felt like I forced myself into a mini cut. So. Do you know what you did? Do I know what I did? No, I'm telling you, I'm going to tell you. That was a rhetorical question. <laughs> you you uh, tell me what I did. You, uh, you did what many bros do and you ditched your coach during the... Um, well, so uh, during the the, 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 the post week, so uh, you shouldn't have done that, and you should have stuck with your yeah. coach, and you'd have been better suited. <laughs> Just out out of control. <laughs> uh, well, um, yeah, maybe, maybe that's what it was. No, I don't know. Like I said, I don't. I, the thing is, I don't. I don't feel like I was out of control. In that, I generally feel like I there or thereabouts kept to kind of like I said my calorie goal and. I kind of felt that my weight increase wasn't due or just considering what I thought my nutritional intake was. It was why I'm saying like maybe I just got it horribly wrong. Um, but, you know, it, I suppose what would have been nice if I had a coach would then someone to take the like the, the um, subjective emotion out of it and to tell me when when I shouldn't maybe either stop or slow down or whatever. But, you know, made made decision. It's not been too bad. I've, so I'm now two weeks. This will be my third week starting tomorrow. I think I dropped about four pounds that couple of weeks, which I thought I'd maybe do a bit more, but um, I suppose I've been a little bit loose again, maybe, but still fine. You know, I'm not having any specific targets or goals at the minute, um, other than another holiday coming up in five weeks, I think, something like that, six weeks, maybe. Um, Where are you are? I'm actually going back to the same place I went in May. Fair enough. Back to Turkey. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just, it was easy. We've been there, obviously, easy with the summer. Cheap, cheap um, now with the lira, just plant it in. Yeah, it's pr- obviously, it's still well-priced. So, And obviously, we know it's a, a, a lovely hotel and resort. So, um, yeah, it's just, we just thought it was easy. last-minute thing, and I'll be honest, I also couldn't be bothered to kind of look around and find somewhere different. So, ne- nearly went... Actually, I'll tell you what, I nearly went to a brand-new Centatorium Roads that's opened, but all the bloody TripAdvisor reviews put me off. It is a tough one, isn't it, with the TripAdvisor reviews? Because... Um, 
there's a restaurant near me that's just been taken over. It was really, really good beforehand, and then they pretty much kept it exactly the same, same menu and everything. It's just different staff, and uh, the trip advisors have bombed. And I've eaten there, and it's not a lot different. The only difference is they don't have a pizza oven anymore. Um, and it's some, sometimes they're not justified, and sometimes as well, the only people who want to comment are the ones that are miserable and moody or they've had a really yeah. good experience so you never get that uh, that kind of like middle percentile um i suppose if you look on the bell-shaped curve you get the the, the front and the, the end of it don't you you never really get the yeah, yeah it was decent because uh, yeah, it don't feel as though it's a, a justified review yeah i know what you're saying i think that all of these problems are like all of the reviews said all of the negative ones anyway were all like oh it's not a sensatory quality yet because mm. it's so new and like there's just too many snags and also like i didn't really like i think the biggest thing putting off was the responses by the management they're all a bit defensive man it's like it's almost like trying to defend stuff it's like well if so many people are saying it you kind of got to listen to them, just use it as feedback and say that yeah look we knew we're doing this or whatever and it will change you know once we get up to scratch but yeah, it was almost a bit like blaming customers rather than that. So I was like, oh, that doesn't sound like great. So I don't know. There were a few people like one did nearly set my nose because somebody said, like, ignore the reviews. I was really concerned about all the same reviews about it being new and, you know, all the, the, the snags have been a new property and kind of a new resort and stuff. But actually, it's not that bad when you're out here. And I kind of thought that mm. sounded quite leveled. Yeah. Quite yeah. a level, level review. But I just thought, you know what? It was. It was like 500 quid a person more for this place. It, and it does look spectacular, don't get me wrong. But I just thought, do I want to spend another £1,000 and then get there and think, oh, shit, I should just went back to somewhere I know is nice. So yeah, that's that. why we did it. Yeah. But, yeah. It's funny you're saying about the, uh, the the managers being defensive. So there's a Where we've got one of our shops in Bakewell, there's a, a pub there. Uh, I'll, I'll call it out, the Peacock. And um, the, the, the guy who runs it is hilarious on TripAdvisor because even when he gets like a, oh, the food was really nice, um, it was quite quick, but uh, you know, it, what was, uh, it's like, oh, the food was really nice, the staff were really friendly, service was a bit slow, but it was probably because they were busy. Uh, and then the guy would just jump on and be like, uh, well, we don't want your tight round here anyway. <laughs> Even though it would be like, yeah. you know, a 90% good review, he'd still just rip them apart. So yeah. funny. I don't know if he's changed, but a couple of years ago, I, I found them and just, oh my God, they were, they made a great evening's reading. Yeah, yeah, well, and the thing is, you always get put off by Joe, even if you get like, nine really good reviews you get one bad one it's like mm. oh man but anyway anyway so yeah i think that's that's me really not a lot else to report in um, yeah so obviously not as eventful as matt's the last few weeks and doesn't even sound as eventful as yours so let's uh, <laughs> let's shall we crack on with some well, just just out of today. interest before we do move on uh, what are you planning on doing for your holiday are you gonna mini cup for the the rest of the duration and then and then bulk into the holiday or nah, you... i think yeah no i think my plan was uh well my original plan was to do a two-week mini cut um and then i thought actually do you know what i'll see how it goes if i feel like i haven't made enough progress i'll do three weeks and then it's my birthday so that kind of made sense to have a little break but obviously um then I'll then I'll probably just get straight back to to Masson after that. Then we booked the holiday and think was well, I think there's another three weeks after. It. I thought actually, what I'll probably do is do a fourth week and then have two weeks where I'll just 
eat my way up to my holiday basically and yeah. obviously by eat my way up i mean obviously increase calories to around maintenance and just see how it goes because be honest i'm not bothered or worried about going away like absolutely shredded or or even you know kind of that lean um and i think if you put it into perspective like now my weight's about 169 pounds so and just bear in mind obviously the photo shoot weight was about 160 so i'm not that far off it um so yeah yeah, uh, I said if I if, if I got around the by by the if I'm if I'm the kind of like as I am now by the time I go on holiday, I wouldn't be that disappointed. So yeah, be yeah, right. no, that's cool. That's good. That's cool. Uh, Just because my my main goal is obviously to build muscle over time, and I'm not that bothered about sacrificing or delaying that any longer. Just for looking a bit better on holiday. Yeah, just don't yeah. take any photos, and nobody will know. Yeah, yeah exactly. No. I am um, actually just before we go on. I hear on the grapevine, one of your clients is um, doing spectacularly well in some kind of his massing phase. Well, well, you know, all, all my clients do very well. But uh, are you on about uh, certain squats for five reps? Yes, he's, he's uh, so having a little chat with him this morning. Said yeah. he's very, very pleased. Yeah, I'm sure you won't mind being named. No, I don't think you would. What is his name? I don't even know who it is. <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 you've done it. Well, this is the thing. You, you could actually be on about quite a few of uh, of my chaps. Um, oh, I <laughs> Every, everybody makes progress when we uh, when when they're on no, my no, iPhones. I, I just thought people have to say shout out to Ben because yeah. um, he has struggled to put on weight like for a long, long time, um, and he actually put on eight pounds. And obviously, squats have gone up. Which I think it was a big focus for him in terms of he just wanted to be able to, to squat more and just lift more in general I suppose and he said actually he's really kind of changed his mindset a little bit in uh, I suppose like really enjoying the process of you know everyone enjoys more calories but just feeling mm. a bit better and you know watching the weights go up quite motivating so yeah big shout out to him yeah so I think um, you were saying about his squats for 5x5s uh, five have gone up 10 kilos in the last mm. few months, so uh, yeah, so to, to get to get that kind of progress, I haven't been doing his planning for his training planning for him. That's the thing. This is just coming from the planning he's got. I know, I, and I know it was me, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was. I never asked actually, but I thought it was. Um, yeah, so, so you're so you're sort of planning with him, and then um, yeah, just from some nutritional intervention, just making sure there's carbs in the right place and, and calories are being put to good use, and uh, plenty of them as well. So yeah, yeah. And like you say, not much about... weight's gone on, so yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, it's a big thing. And cool. You've, you've had um, one of your clients competing this weekend, I do see. Yes, yes. Uh, Steve has competed in a uh, strongman event. So, and obviously, a strongman, is, I think, up to the 90 kilo class, which he's in, which he's only, only weighed in, so he's put up on about three kilos, I think, in the last week or so, but he's still only weighed in something this morning. Um, eighty point something, so he's way under. Obviously, yeah. some, maybe some of the weights of some of the other guys there. Um, so I don't know how he's got on, but um, some of the the stuff that I've seen. So I've been watching obviously his um, clips of videos. And it, it looks intense, mm. and um, I think so. Obviously, even at eighty kilos, he did uh, one hundred and forty kilos for twenty two reps in a minute deadlifts. Yeah, that's so uh, which is yeah. Uh, a bad back thing about it, if I'm honest. So, yeah, so, I'd, I'd love to enter a deadlifting type competition like that for reps. I just, yeah. I just find it really interesting because I know I can 
grind things out but I know my pulling is a lot better than my pushing I'm so weak when it comes to pushing um, but for, for deadlifts and things like that I'd love to you know, have a bit of a crowd backing and just see what, yeah. what you could do for reps I think well, it would be really interesting he has obviously had to do deadlifts, he had to do a pull a two-ton truck. Um, I don't know how far it was, but I think 10 metres or something like that. It's probably um, 20, 25 for strong. Yeah, it might, might, might be that far, I don't know. But uh, obviously, like, log holds, what else he done? Um, overhead, like, yoke press, mm, uh, obviously, that. farmer's walks, all that type of stuff. And he, he loves the strongman stuff. Mm. Like, it's, it's stuff he really enjoys. So, And, and for, to be fair, for his weight, he's very, very strong. So it suits him. Yeah. Yeah, Big no, it's really Steve. cool. Yeah, awesome achievement. Be, yes. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how we got on. Obviously, placings, they matter a bit, but it's cool that you kind of got there and the fact he's 10 kilos too light for the class as well is, yeah. <laughs> is I, I, insane. I'll be honest, I'd imagine from a placing perspective, he's not bothered in the slightest no. and that he just probably wants to do better than he has done. I, think, I don't know when the last one he does. I think it was a couple of years ago, last time mm. he did one. I think um, he'll just want to do better than that, which I'm sure he will. So uh, he's a lot. He's probably a lot leaner now uh, and smaller, probably than I think than the last one. So um, obviously, if he can still do do more in terms of his output, then win win. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 a good personal thing that it's a bit like um, well, anything you do for sort of personal reasons. And I think like sort of knowing him a little bit, that's probably what it is more so than anything. Um, yeah, which is really cool. It's fun. Cool. Yeah. Right. Let's um, let's get on with what we are going to talk about today. So um, we wanted to talk about obesity and obesity being, uh, or, or is obesity a choice? I suppose is what we can call this episode. What we'll frame it as. Um, just to just kind of discuss what our thoughts are on it. Um, Yes, yeah. It was inspired by by a post, obviously, that I kind of brought to your attention, wasn't it, to during the week to say that um, I don't think it was the the most level headed of posts, and I think that essentially saying obviously obesity is is it a choice or not was was kind of I don't want to give away, so um, I know that's why I'm not trying to allude to too much. But basically, we want to discuss what we thought of and whether obesity is a choice, you know, whether someone uh, puts on weight um, because it's their own fault, or whether there is obviously external factors. Um, and I think, so let's, Matt, obviously I love your idea of starting, like, what, what do you think in terms of whether obesity is a choice or not without going into huge amounts of detail and ruin every bit of content that we're going to talk about in? Yeah, I'll keep it to like one or two sentences so we can go into the content, but, um, excuse me, the map of earlier years would have said it was a choice the map of more educated years would say it's not that simple and while there is an element of choice there's also not an element of choice i'll keep it at that okay ed sorry i was reading a post on the no nonsense nutrition page where somebody was making really good progress can you repeat the question that's very. <laughs> I definitely was as well. I <laughs> know. Uh, I bet. I was going to say. I was say it's very rude, but I was going to say it's very like you, Ed. That's very like. No. Um, the question is: Do you think obesity is a choice? Got you. Keep it one. Give it. Keep it to one or two sentences. Matt's basically said the older him would say yes um, or no. He wouldn't think it's a, no. Yes, he did think it was a choice. The the more new 
uh, well, ed- well, <laughs> wow, well educated. <laughs> I can't believe I just said that. It's not a well. The most word. ironic sentence. Going. I know. That's why I'm laughing. Something in the irony in that. Uh, the, the more, the more well educated uh, Matt would say that um, it's a bit more complicated than that. I think that's what you said. It's a roundup. Yes. 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 Um, it, it's definitely a complicated subject and more worth doing a podcast on. Um, Let's go with, not it depends, but it kind of does depend. Okay. Okay. So you're going with it depends. <laughs> <laughs> it depends. No, I like, that's, that's, I like that. It depends. So that way we can now go through what it depends on in the context. So um, what are my thoughts? My thoughts are, yeah, it's just a really fucking complex um, thing. And definitely, Matt, I'm with you in that I've got different opinions now even probably over the past six months compared to what I maybe would have had in the previous seven many years that I've thought about it. Um, yeah, I think it's just, it's just bloody complex. So, yeah. yeah. Cool. Right. So let's go. Why then? So why is it complex? Let's get, let's dig into some of the, the context in terms of what, what, so if, if it is or isn't a choice, Let's just dig out some of the things. So I don't know if we want to think about like uh, what can affect obesity. Um, yeah, I, I think that's I think that's a good place to start. I think a lot of the so-called choices um, are kind of determined for you. So the I think we had a talk, we went to one of the Macu Nutrition talks a few years ago, or even last year probably with Spencer Nadalski where he talked about this. Um, and he's got some really good resources on this and he kind of goes through so I don't know if you want me to quickly list off some of the things he's kind of uh, indicated and then I've had some thoughts around other things as well um, well, should we, we go through kind of each one yeah, bit at sure. a time and then we'll because obviously I don't want to just kind of skip over parts I think they're all really really important the bits and yeah. I, I think it's a, it's a good uh, the, the structure that Spencer used in that talk I think was a really good because obviously he's the man uh, I think it's a really good way maybe for us just to follow through and give our own uh, input on it as well as you say Sure. So let's jump into the first one. So the first one is epigenetics and genetics. So that is talking about the mother's lifestyle while the child is in the womb and also um, genetics from both parents as well, uh, you know, prior to conceiving. So can, can I just, um, just in case for people that don't know what epigenetics are, so um, epigenetics are really like uh, how do I describe this? So it's not necessarily like your genes, but it's more like how they're expressed um, given like external factors. So your, your genes are like obviously inbuilt or inbuilt, that's the right word, obviously determined, but they might express in different manners depending upon the environment. Is that the right way to ex- describe yeah, it? Yeah, it's, it's a gene expression rather than the alteration of the genetic code itself. So well, you... you <laughs> like you read it. <laughs> I did read it. I had to oh, read oh, shit. <laughs> but no, your, your take was more of a, uh, a layman's term for it, I guess. Yeah. I, well, it's, it's just an expression of the same gene, right? Mm. Um, without trying to sound too clever or poncy. But, yeah, that that is impacted largely by, I guess... Um, the way uh, a child is kind of carried to birth um, and, and then kind of moving on for that, you have some other stuff, but that's again, lead on to some other stuff. So on that, you know, that is 
not the child's choice, um, and it's also not necessarily the mother's choice. It's <laughs> this is a very sensitive subject that gets really people quite irked. Um, but you know, ultimately, that that is not the person's choice because they have no control over that. As um, you know, while they are in the womb. Yeah, let, let's let, let's yeah. let's just ex- let's explore that a bit more. Sorry, mate. As like as in like, um, yeah, I know what you're saying. Obviously, it could could get a little bit risque, but we're not you know we're not calling it out here. We're not talking on specific. So um, I think we can just be honest around you know kind of the facts. So facts. yeah, so so I guess the facts are that some mothers gain too much weight during pregnancy, and obviously they don't live a very healthy lifestyle through pregnancy. So that does have this um, issue of of um obviously genetics and epigenetics and that 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 there's loads of research isn't there that shows that women that lead a health unhealthy life through their pregnancy or lifestyle sorry through their pregnancy does have worse outcomes for their child in terms of their you know lots of stuff but their their body weight and obviously their chances of them becoming obese as a child and an adult so that's kind of what we're talking about here aren't we yes exactly that so i guess like the point you're making there is if if a mother decides that is it the child's choice so when we're saying is someone is you know kind of relating to our the overall arching question that we're trying to kind of chat around like is a now that's one thing that we know you know there is evidence there which suggests that it does affect it is it their choice now, and obviously what you're saying is no it's not like it's not the child's choice whether the mother because you know they're in the womb they can't make any decision that being a bit uh, an embryo or you know growing into a fetus it's it's down to the mother to, to obviously care for their baby. And I'll be honest, it was something that um, I think fortunately for me when we were going through MNU and a lot of this is covered through the content was when Jenna was pregnant. So obviously for me, I, I really felt quite strongly about it in like saying, you know, and I said, you know, mate, you say about a touchy subject, you try telling your wife that, like, don't get too fat while you're pregnant. You know, you know do you know what adverse outcomes this could have to our child? <laughs> That's not uh, a yeah. conversation to have, man. And I don't know if we've ever done, I don't think we have one of the, pregnancy episode i don't know if we have but we could get one of the the mnu experts or someone who's an expert in that field on mm. but just kind of sidetrack a bit it's, it's kind of all that you know old wise tales you know you're eating for two and all that kind of stuff which is potentially quite damaging because it's, it's generally kind of taken as gospel advice um when in fact that's that's not the case or true at all and it, it can be quite damaging to some respects I think yeah. um, Emma Story Gordon posted a really good post on that, the, the eating for two thing, and it said kind of how many calories the fetus requires through the stages of pregnancy. Um, and it, yeah, it, it like was really cool. It's minimal. Yeah. yeah, literally like, it's like 10, two, two, 10 two calories a day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it was nothing until the last sort of month or so uh, where it was like a couple of hundred calories if that. Um, yeah, it, yeah, it was crazy. I think the- I think the general recommendations are you don't increase calories until the last trimester, which mm. is the last third, and then that's exactly it, Bristol. Yeah, and then it's like four hundred calories or something. I think it yeah. was. Yeah. Um, which you know, put that into context, this what a Snickers bar and a half or something. You know. Yeah, bagels with one bagel with cream cheese. Like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're not you're not talking a huge amount of food. So yeah, Matt, I like that advice of eating for two, which is definitely something that you know people do fall into that trap. Mm. um it's just so so far off the mark really i think also just kind of going on what you said about uh like with having you sort of saying to jenna well not saying to jenna but um about the don't get too fat because of the knock-on effects uh, i think it's also that's kind of 
predetermined even still for the for the mother. So I would speculate that somebody who is naturally quite slim would would not gain a lot of weight during pregnancy compared to somebody who potentially is uh, naturally a little more curvier or, or, or naturally a little larger um, yeah. would would potentially gain a lot more weight uh, during during pregnancy. Um, yeah, so like sort of, so Jenna, she's not a she's not an overweight lady, is she at all? Um, so I I wouldn't see her gaining, you know, an extra five stone for no reason during pregnancy. No, uh, well, I mean, obviously, I'm always careful not to speak in absolutes, but yeah, of course, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't. I'd be honest, mate. I don't know the. I don't know the evidence. So we're just. I'm just talking. Obviously, well, we are talking anecdotally or hypothetically, mm, yeah. aren't we? So I don't really know. And Jenna, to be fair, Jenna, Jenna put on some weight, but she didn't put on a huge amount. I think she was very quickly back underneath her. Um, obviously, after pregnancy, I mean, it was only a few weeks. I think she was kind of back to her pre-pregnancy weight, so it yeah. wasn't too. It's bad. A breastfeeding obviously helps a lot with that, but mm-hmm. still, um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe uh, you're right. Yeah, because I, I definitely think it, it sort of depends on your start point and uh, and all that as well. So, like, uh, so taking, um, all right. So my older sister, um, she uh, struggled with weight for, for quite quite a few years, and she's got a daughter who's eighteen months old now, and. Um, obviously you knew she was pregnant when she was sort of in the, in the latter stages, but, um, I suspect that, well, she did, she put on about 15 kilos or so in body fat post pregnancy. Um, we soon dropped that way down to, to what she was pre-pregnancy, but, um, she, she put that on. Whereas I suspect say, like, say if Alex got pregnant, um, hopefully not anytime soon, um, but she's naturally a very, very slight person. I, I can't see her post-pregnancy having sort of that large of a uh, an increase in fat mass. Well, um, yeah. what, what I would say, though, just, um, again, just kind of this absolute thing, there is a lady, because uh, Jenna's kind of said that this, there's a lady that she used to work with who was probably, the way she described her, I've never seen her, but very much like Alex and a very slight and very lean individual. Yeah. But she did say that during her pregnancy, she did completely change. Yeah. Genuinely, this is true. She said that. And to be honest, like it was literally a case of, I don't, I don't know if this is a genetic thing or whether, you know, like she just some, so there's something in her genetics that come pregnant, well, come through a pregnancy stage is like she um, just puts on weight or whatever. I don't know. But, she was eating like bags of donuts and she was eating a lot of food. So mm. um, I don't know whether that was, as, as I say, a, you know, what the reason for the extra food was, whether it was a, an emotional thing and genetic thing, or whether it was um, a hormonal thing. I don't know, but either way she was eating like half a dozen donuts a day and stuff like that. So apparently she did put on a ton of weight, like unrecognizable amount of weight, bear in mind how slight she was. So obviously it does happen. Yeah, um, of course. Whether, whether that's very rare or not, I don't know. Because I don't, I just don't know the evidence on it. But it's interesting, like with the craving side of things as well. I know this <laughs> this podcast wasn't about pregnancy, but um, the, the the craving side as well. I, I suppose like, when you speak to some people, they say, "Oh, I, I didn't have any at all." Others have it for really weird things. Others have it for quite high calorie uh, high calorie things and quite palatable things as well. So I, I think that would probably play into facts. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, the same with same with like sickness. So some people obviously suffer no morning sickness or no mm-hmm. no sickness at all. Other people suffer loads all the way through pregnancy. So, yeah. Yeah. So that could 
make a, a huge difference to the calorie intake as well. But Absolutely. Yeah, I'd say we're getting off a little bit off. <laughs> All good. So I guess like the, the next thing on Spencer list is like birth and infancy then. So Matt, how does how does this might affect? So this is an interesting one. And um, again, this is, this is no one's choice. But if you are uh, birth via C-section, which I was, so cesarean, um, there is an association. So it's important to point out, again, association isn't causation. But it can be an influence. Um that they can be associated with obesity in later life. Now, that they don't really know why that is. Um, and again, it's just an association. It's not uh, kind of fact, as it were. But, yeah, that certainly is something that's out of both, uh, in a lot of cases, the mum, mother and the child's choice. Um, a lot of people don't choose to have caesarean birth. Some do, but... It's something that, again is taken out of your control and that can have an impact on later life so yeah there is there is that one yeah. um it's funny you say that as well because uh during our pregnancy when i say our uh during, during the pregnancy when i was when i was in turkey the first time to the same bloody hotel because this would be the third time i've gone back um i was reading a book by julia enders so a book called gut and there's a section in that where they were talking about uh the microbiome and um obviously the uh what you call it bacteria and gut uh affect being affected by things like whether you have a uh, you're a c-section baby or whether you're um a vaginal uh, a vaginal um <laughs> birth baby and I, I remember like um saying to jenna and like saying it's really it's just so interesting how like you say the the evidence is never going to be causative because you can't say that definitively that's caused that because you just can't do it but they obviously the the correlation of you know c-section babies to um normal natural birth babies um and all these different things through life she was basically talking about how the the difference in gut microbiome between the two kind of groups um and yeah it's like super cool reading about it and i remember saying jenna and i even like partly upset one of her friends because i think she told her friends the stuff that i was kind of talking about and her friends like because she did have a c-section her friend she was like oh what are you saying I'm like well oh, she didn't say this obviously but you can imagine the conversation like what are you saying that like, my baby's going to grow up to be obese because i had a c-section so you can see how like you know it's, it's super interesting but also it can be quite like worrying if you kind of take the evidence does that make sense i i think this also is a good time to I'm sure we covered this in a well, not covered it, but mentioned it in a few podcasts early doors, where we spoke about the, um, the obviously you have your genetic background and kind of saying right, okay, your parents are obese, so you're going to be obese. You know, that's kind of the, the 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 linear trend that some would have you believe, but also the fact that you can tweak and change things as well just through intervention um yes it may be a lot harder for you than somebody else but like you were saying you know somebody gets pissed off because um saying about oh you know you've had a c-section so your child's going to grow up to be fat like it's not the case at all because you can intervene and, and change things um through potentially what we could talk about next uh, the nurture side oh, of things but also kind of you know how many people are obese and then turn their life around and, and, and become you know slim gyms and how many of those um instagram success stories have you seen where people are like 30 stone and then all of a sudden they're like shredded with washboard abs like you know the, the, there are interventions and you can change a lot of scenarios and situations yeah. and, uh, even if your genetic sort of 
capability. Well, your genetic. Um, oh, I'm trying to think of what I'm trying to say. No, I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We've, we've said it. We've said it before. Like your genes might put you on a scale somewhere, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean you can't move it one way or another. Yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. You know, what, what, you know and that, we've, we've talked about that in for fat loss. You know, it's the same muscle gain. Obviously, like some people genetically gifted and just ripped and jacked, but. Mm. Some people aren't, but it doesn't mean you can't move up the scale and get more ripped and jacked than you, you know, your genetics say you aren't. Yeah. So, so that's kind of what you're saying, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah. 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 So, you know, if somebody's listening to this and thinking, oh, you know, that they're pregnant or they're thinking of having children or not, not at all, but you know, it's just something to, to think about later in life. Yeah. <laughs> what we're saying is not gospel. It's anecdotal. It's not overly heavily researched. It's just, this is what we've read. This is what we've kind of, you know, we, we've uh, heard, um, and, and this is what the science is saying. But there, there is also many ways around this as well. Um, I think because yeah. because it, it's so multifactorial and complex, like just because of one thing happens, so just because you were maybe heavier during your pregnancy than you would have liked, or maybe just because you know you had to have a C-section, that doesn't mean you know everything's doomed. It's just not, it's not what we're saying, is it? No, and a lot of the factors we're going to talk about later in this episode are modifiable. So. You know, some of these things, if you are in that situation, you can modify or they, these things may not happen. You know, just because you may be slightly overweight during pregnancy doesn't mean that some of the upbringing stuff that we're going to get onto um, in terms of food behaviours is, is set in stone and stuff like that. So, yeah. So, so um, yeah, genetics aren't your destiny, basically. They're just, you know, you are going to lean towards that and you will have to do something about it potentially. I, I like that. Genetics are your destiny. You can always say they're just a starting place, aren't they? Yeah. Let me remember yeah. the timestamp and I'll chop that out. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, obviously, so on, on that then, so we're talking about obviously like C-sections and uh, natural births, like breastfed versus formula fed also has a, a decent amount of research around, doesn't that shows obviously like breastfed babies tend to fear better in terms of kind of weight management than formula, bed baby, uh, formula fed babies. And, you know, the same, same principle we just said is that doesn't mean it's, you know, that that's the case that your, your baby will be overweight if, you know the formula fed because again it's just we're just saying it's another thing where the evidence does show a bit of correlation there and it's another thing it says well actually look it's out of the hands potentially you know it might not even be the mother's choice because if she can't produce enough milk or if the baby won't take to breastfeeding might have to formula feed a lot of mothers have to do that so you know even that's often not even a choice for the mother let alone the child so i think this is getting a bit old hat though the whole that, that argument i think it's now becoming a little bit old hat because i think the way Formula milk is becoming uh, and you know going. Obviously, the, the, the advance. I, I'd say maybe yeah, ten years ago that was an argument, but now I I potentially disagree because you know, the advances of science and the advances of everything else. I think that's a bit of a you know the same argument of saying well, what's better for you? But you know, a chicken breast or a whey protein shake. I don't know. I think a lot of it, and I'm not like really well versed in the research. Uh, if I'm honest, like most of the stuff that I know is probably from Julia Enders, to be honest. But there was a lot in there around things like obviously and the way you think about it like the enzymes your mother produced are like tailor-made enzymes mm. and tailor-made bacteria for that for that child you know it suits their genetics you know you can't you, you're not going to get that from formula milk i do i think that's, that, that's yeah yeah i think that's a lot of the difference and yeah. um don't get wrong but yeah formula milk's obviously got loads of like additives and uh, or added vitamins minerals even enzymes and stuff now like which maybe you wouldn't have got many decades ago so you know they're, they're still making as much as they can out of them um so yeah i don't want people to feel like oh shit i've got a breastfeed again but again it's, you know we're just we're just talking for the facts we're trying we're certainly not trying to upset or worry anyone are we so yeah yeah i i think it's one of those things where you're talking probably 
quite small differences. Um, but it, it, like you say, though, it, it, how well researched is it? How causation, how correlation is it? Um, yeah, so it, it's interesting. People just need to bear that. Yeah, just bear that in mind for it. I mean, to be honest, I didn't think this episode was going to be quite so potentially worrying to people, but. I I'm terrified. I don't want kids. Yeah. <laughs> you, you should be terrified, mate. If you can't, if you can't get your baby to latch onto your nipple, you're going to struggle. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be a natural funny. birth. They've got to be breastfed, so, so, otherwise, I'm fucked. <laughs> that's a funny side note. Um, I, I laid in the bed about a week or so, maybe two weeks ago. So, and I don't know why, but someone's never paid attention before. But she literally went over and started like tweaking and poking my nipples, as if going, "What the hell is that? <laughs> like, why have you got these?" <laughs> <laughs> do, do Good these, job she didn't actually try and go for it. I was going to say, do these do the same as Molly? <laughs> no. I imagine she's no. getting on to, well, slowly getting on to solids now, is she? Oh, mate, not slowly. She's been on solids about six. Like, you, you generally start feeding solids at six months. So yeah. she's obviously, like, I think fatigue, she has a hoops on toast tonight. Nice. So nice. I've been, and uh, I've been smashing the eat lean cheese down her. So she loves eat lean cheese. She's been having pizzas with eat lean cheese. She's been having uh, spread on toast. So, yeah, she's been, I've been getting all the protein in. Brilliant. That's good. Um, Which leads okay. us nicely on to... Yes, nurture. So, so we've kind of said around uh, epigenetics, genetics, and how they might kind of affect through pregnancy, and obviously the, the, the even the how what type of birth um, and during the initial stages of infancy, how that could affect obesity. So next one, it feels very much to go on to like nurture. Ed, how does nurture, so the kind of like the initial stage of nurture, and I suppose I mean, initial stage, actually, I suppose throughout like the, the, the nature versus nurture concept, how does that affect potentially obesity? Yeah, so yeah. I, I think this is kind of, you know, you've got 18 years, 25 years in my case at home, um, and you do massively kind of, um, you, you're developed as a person by what your, your parents do with you, and I think if you, I, I do I agree a hundred percent with kind of what what was going on in Spencer's article and everything with this, but I also do disagree with it. So in the kind of the the article that we're on about and uh, and all that, if you looked at a, I could one hundred percent pick out loads of these families that I went to school with and stuff like that. So if you, if you kind of picked out a family that was obese through many generations so the grandparents the parents the kids they're all obese um they basically know no difference because it's the, the, their eating habits their lifestyle habits and everything else are just passed down so you have your food sat down in front of the tv it's all come from the freezer it's all been put in the fryer or in the you know it, it, it's all battered it's all, it's all um, a lot of it's hyper palatable as well yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so you, you know you've got your <laughs> all right let's let's joke and laugh at you know bianca and ricky on eastenders it's chicken nuggets and chips every night with beans or whatever um and then they have whatever for lunch and whatever for breakfast and it's just you know the, the same sort of foods each day and it, it's all high calorie foods but they know no different though they've, they've not been taught how to cook they've not been taught how to um they've not been taught the importance of exercise and things like that so the kids aren't off out playing they're sat at home playing computer games or um just sat in front of the tv or you know whatever they did you know way back in the day before we were born um i don't know how they passed the time without facebook and instagram um but they 
you know that's just passed down generation to generation to generation and then you wonder why why are you know many generations obese because well, they know no different but also you have the fact of okay well what genetic kind of things have been passed down as well when it comes to uh do they know when they're full do they um do they have triggers to say yes I'm hungry or no I'm f uh, you know I'm full or if somebody hands them food yet they've just eaten a meal are they going to eat it anyway or are they going to turn around and say no they're full you know there's obviously two sides to the story but um, compared to say a family which are what you maybe typically call fitness freaks say or whatever where uh, each generation is very sporty they you know they, they they love going out and they're playing in the park their kids are playing you know every sport under the sun and they're particularly good at it or whatever uh, the parents were the same the parents still play sport they go to the gym then they yeah they they're just very active every single night they're doing something different um but they're eating quote-unquote healthy foods they're eating lots of vegetables lean meats things like that you know it's two very very different families um and could you say is it all genetics or could you say it's more lifestyle could you say it's more socioeconomics it's um it's a tough one isn't it but this is where it brings in all these multi facets of of different sort of you know um avenues of where they've developed these, <coughs> these these things from um so in that sense so that's kind of how uh our mate spence um talks about it and saying you know look at the the kind of you know the the the, the healthy family and the maybe not so healthy family um but uh, i would disagree Agree with that just through my own sort of upbringing I suppose um, both my parents they're, they're not particularly slim um, and I'm, I'm sure they wouldn't disagree with me saying that uh, but myself I'm obviously however I look um, but that's through intervention of myself but at the same time though even though my parents aren't particularly slim I was still brought up with I never really had like um the baby food in jars or like this is you know obviously talking 25 years ago I never when baby food out of jars was a, a very normal thing I never had that that always made my own baby food um everything was packed full of vegetables herbs and, and everything else and you know I've grown up and I'm like four inches taller than anybody else in my family my sister exactly the same she was brought up exactly the same way um it's Mate, kind of ba case. baby food is still very normal in jars you know that is it oh, i don't know yeah bloody well is <laughs> <laughs> do they still feed babies <laughs> I, I, out of jars <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna jump in here and make a make a uh, i was, I was, gonna, I was, gonna, I was gonna come to you next i was gonna come to you next say matt counter tell me what you think well let me finish let me finish let me finish, let, let let finish, finish. because both i'm gonna my, let you finish <laughs> both my parents aren't sporty at all but they're very supporting so if i wanted to go and do a sport they would support it i sucked at football but i still went off and played and you know stoke city in the community summer whatever it was um hockey cycling everything you know I, I've, I've done i've played it never to a particularly high standard but um you know i've done it i've competed but i think it, there is a whereas my parents neither of them played sport neither of them are sporting at all um so it, it's interesting to say okay well you know that's what your parents are like so that's what you're going to be like yeah i do nutrition for a living along with a few other bits but uh you know i still play hockey I'm, I'm still you know very much into my gym my sister she's a PE teacher um where have we got that sporting from because if you were to look at the the models 
of saying, you know, this is what your parents are like, so this is what you're going to be like. Both my parents are accountants. I sh I'm shit at maths. Um, you know, it's it's one of those. Um, so yeah, counter Matt. counter. I'm going to count in an interesting way, Ed, and don't take any of this personally because I'm also very middle class. But before this call, we were talking about your family coat of arms, and you also <laughs> mentioned there several times both your parents. So I think you've got to bear in mind some like a lot of this, and all of us are guilty of this. I think sometimes we kind of link stuff like this back to our own situation, try and justify it. So I don't think. Um, and actually, I did some work with some of through work with. Um, uh, it was a charity that worked with uh, young offenders, basically. The context of that is you probably went to a school that had good sporting facilities. You were able to play a sport, a finer sport that you enjoyed. Uh, you probably had decent home cooked meals. Um, you said quite a lot there. Both parents. Um, that's not necessarily a common thing and you know that there is research that shows um you know some of the poorer social economical um they have a different view of nutrition so i think you've, it's, it's very hard to and i used to be a bit like this before i kind of even got involved with some of that stuff my view of things was like you know everyone's got the internet sure they can find out it's not kind of that black and white i don't think um it's very what's the word it's very um sorry, I've got a text on you. it's very easy to be i guess you're quite white ivory tower syndrome where you know you're kind of looking down and you kind of have this view if you if you now take that back to maybe some of the poor social economic status they're single parent families who Perhaps the parents aren't around as much because they're working, um, you know, to help provide or whatever it may be. Uh, their meals are maybe self-sourced. So that may be something like the chippy or, you know, some of the, the takeaway stuff. Um, I, I know our favourite guy, Alan Flanagan, did a real good kind of thing around socio-economical status and the, the prevalence of takeaway um, places around those areas which was quite interesting and I, I wish I'd had time to find out I couldn't find it on his Instagram um, but I, I think as middle class kind of all of us probably I'd imagine um, maybe not Pablo kind of upbringings that we it's, it's very hard for us to imagine what it may be like and you know that diet where you're brought up on such hyper hyper palatable foods sets some of your dietary habits up so you know, when you're eating mainly high palatable and very fat dense, like sugary foods, that, that kind of sets up what your taste buds are going to be like. Um, and I think we've discussed this in previous episodes where, you know, you talk about eating flexible dieting, taking it to the extreme, you eat nothing but super flexible foods and you, all of a sudden you're struggling because you've got a taste for high palatable foods. Now, imagine doing that for your entire upbringing. Um, yeah, it's, it's a hard one. And I think, Ed, you probably, and myself, we had lots of opportunity at school to, to find something we enjoyed sporting-wise. Um, now, look at me. I ended up doing skiing. Like, there's a lot of people that would not have had that opportunity um, to find a sport they like. And like you, I disliked football, really disliked football. Um, but I was fortunate to go to a school where I could go and do that stuff. A lot of people don't get those kind of choices in life. Um God, we're going deep here, aren't we? But yeah, <laughs> basically, I'm taking it back to Ed's family crest. 
<laughs> the annoying thing about the the family crest is it's only got one T in it and not two. Same family there. Oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, no, I I I one hundred percent get that, and it's kind of you know the points I hit on just before I kind of brought it back to myself of the the socioeconomics and the the two families. Um, yeah, no, I, I 100% get that. And uh, it, it, it is down to situation and scenario, and this, this is what I say, yeah. there's so many facets to it, it's, it's crazy. Let me chip in yeah. my little bit in that. Um, I love that back and forth. Uh, I think the evidence is probably weighing, I think, more, that, that I'm aware of, anyway, more on, on the side of Matt in that I think the majority of um, poor socioeconomical um Neighbourhoods tend to have obviously uh, worse health outcomes. I think the main message really is, I guess, is the point Ed was making though, is that it doesn't still doesn't change stuff. You know, like anyone listening can make an effort to 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 kind of circumvent all of these things. So even though you know, kind of like you know, we correlative that the these type of things happen and you know it does lead to poor health outcomes it doesn't mean that just because you you live in a poor area or you know like even it doesn't necessarily mean even if you were brought up and you know you are the individual you know that maybe like you're thinking oh my god i was brought up by my parents and they they didn't really help me form healthy habits and you know they didn't encourage me to be active or support me in that way it doesn't mean you can't now change something you know again it just comes back to this point of you're on it you're on a scale it doesn't mean you can't move one way or another i suppose that's the only bit i want to chip in yeah, yeah, yeah. The only point I was really trying to make with bringing it back to myself was the fact that, you know, just because your parents are overweight doesn't mean you're going to be overweight. That that was kind of the, the main point that I was trying to make. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a very valid point, nonetheless. I think um, where I've seen it from is, is kind of your upbringing, mm-hmm. you know, outside of your parents' weight, kind of yeah, yeah. The, the foods you consume, stuff like that. It's an interesting mm-hmm. one, right? You could, it's very, it's very, very political and very easy to possibly offend but it's yeah. kind of trying to stick to the facts there um and uh, you know i'm not upset you've got a family crest at all uh, <laughs> i am <laughs> um, just 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 what one, one thing right in that and again i am bringing it to my, my own scenario and i keep talking about because obviously i'm a parent but like the hyper palatable thing around kind of you know you put, the fast food thing potentially like poor socioeconomical scenarios mean people have more access or are just pushed towards more hyper palatable stuff like junk food because it's seen as air quotes cheaper um i am quite conscious of that with summer like i hate like forcing hyper palatable stuff down there um and i do get looked at by my family and like people joke in the office as well i'm a bit hitler with her but i'm like well like i see the evidence and i know the evidence of that kids that are kind of pushing that area do tend to have these these poorer health outcomes and i just don't want that for my child so i'm kind of yes maybe it's a bit controlling but maybe maybe i'm hitler but i i don't want it to happen to my child so yeah there's there's all that research about the negative outcomes of using food as reward and stuff like that right i mean yeah without getting into child nutrition because that's if if anything will annoy anyone it's it's that but you know you, you you can have a real be impacted by associating food with reward and that kind of ties in some of the, maybe the later things we can talk about um so yeah i wouldn't describe you as hitler brizzle you know, you've got some poor opinions in ice cream i wouldn't go that far what what did you say summer had for tea tonight dennis uh, <laughs> spaghetti hoops on toast well there we go so yeah get, get back yeah, to the I, council I, estate I, mate 
And yeah. actually, just just a little side thought I've had. So there's, there seems to be like a, a rise of, you know, and I understand why we do it because it depends who you're marketing and stuff. And I'm not I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but it's just worth reflecting on uh, a lot of Instagram. You know, some of the people we know as well, but a lot of Instagram nutritionists saying it's not expensive to be healthy, and then comparing a cost of some fucking gourmet meal. Excuse my French. They've done with chia seeds and roasted pomegranate and something or other versus a KFC and how much it cost them. Well, whoopity fucking do. Like that—that that is a skill you've learned through life to be able to cook like that. That's not. That's not. It's not comparable to just the pure cost. It's the time that's gone into that and stuff like that. So mm. comparing one meal to another and saying no one shouldn't be able to do this or that, fine. But you've got to bear in mind that people necessarily haven't been taught that. Um, yeah, definitely. I, I like they, that. They, yeah, they don't have those skills necessary. So it's not just the, the, the actual cost of it. It's the, the time cost, the upbringing cost, all that kind of stuff, which doesn't get factored in. I, I, yeah, I like that because I think it's one of those things where I can, I'm never ever going to say and or admit or agree with someone that says, "Oh, it's too expensive to be healthy because it's bullshit." What yes. people don't understand is that they don't have the skills or knowledge to know how to do it otherwise. And like, if people, it's like any, it's like the answer to any question. If you don't know the fucking answer, you don't know the answer. So like, you can't have a go at something for not knowing the answer. You know, and that's kind of like the the principle or the point you're making. I think, isn't it? Like, if they don't know how to eat healthy on a budget, they're going to end up just doing what they do know, which is maybe in some cheaper junk food. Yeah, which is which is again, is you know, eating a junk food diet is perfectly doable on a on a budget. We, we can see that time and time again. Yeah. And also, sometimes people don't particularly know what potentially is bad for them. So I had a really good conversation with a, a, a lady who works for me uh, this weekend uh, when I was working up in York, and <laughs> we were talking about weight loss and things. And basically, quite a few of them didn't know that I I. Uh, did the nutrition side of things as well um, so we, we were talking about this that and the other and then they were saying oh so you know uh, could you write a diet plan and I says well um, basically the conversation came around to that calories are king and uh, I kind of quite blasely said that if you don't it, somebody said oh one of them basically was two of them and one of them said oh well it's not all about calories and I said it is all about calories if anybody says that it's not all about calories, they're either a fucking retard or they just don't know. And that's the thing. Some people just don't know. If you do know and you're arguing against it, then you're a fucking retard. But a lot of people just don't know that it's about that. And coming around to what we've just been saying, it's a case of a lot of people don't know what's good for them and what's not so good for them. A lot of people just don't realise that and the conversation basically develops into what what uh, portion sizes and, and things like that and they're saying, oh, you know, well, I monitor my portion sizes of meals. Five minutes later, the conversation continued and it was a, a case of they were snacking on, uh, that basically they couldn't lose any more weight when they were trying. Um, they were monitoring portion sizes, reduced them and everything, but they were eating a share bar of chocolate and a share bag of crisps every night. Uh, between two of them but you know still they're snacking on that every single night and it was like well if you, if you change that or stop doing that I can guarantee your weight loss would probably start again um, and it was a case of oh well I never realised that my snacks were hindering me and I never realised it was about calories I thought it was about that main meal and the portion size and, and, and things like that um, so I think I think sometimes it's a case of you know not just a case of um well, like you, like you were saying, you know, you don't know how to eat on a budget, but then also sometimes people don't realise that, you know, 
they don't know what's healthy and, and, and what's not. And um, yeah, I remember when I was trying to when I very very first started looking into how to lose weight and how to get shredded and all that sort of stuff. One thing I found was a, a 20 minute tutorial on YouTube of the things that you should be eating to lose weight. And the, the irony of it is, it was probably I shouldn't be eating any of those things. I should probably just, just not be eating just to put myself in a calorie deficit. Um, but that's the thing, you know, people try and make it too complex. And um, instead of just saying, you know, eat lots of veggies and lean meats, just, you know, if, if you followed that for every meal, veggies and lean meats, you know, most people are probably going to lose weight. Uh, so I think we've smashed nurture. So <laughs> Matt, oh boy, next? yeah, of course. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, yeah. So there are medical conditions and medicines that can make you cause weight. Now I'm not going to go into them. I, I know of certain ones that do, and I know of. Um, Sorry, I'm not going to go into the medicines anyway, but some of the medical conditions, you know, that are fairly obvious, like thyroid problems can lead you to causing weight, uh, have, sorry, can lead you to having weight gain. Um, there can be other issues. There is a prevalence of people using that as an excuse. So, you know, sometimes if you have thyroid problems and you've been to a doctor and you've got thyroid medication, you no longer have the same uh, metabolic impact. So, you know, the same rules apply, calorie deficit. Um, yes, I don't know, is there much more to say there without kind of going a bit off? Uh, no, probably out of, not. Our, out of no, our lane. Yeah, no, no, probably not. I was to say because obviously we're we we're not qualified to really kind of that's not really our scope, is it? But just just like mentioning, I suppose, like you say, is the main thing in that you know things like thyroid or PCOS or whatever. You know, some of these things that do actually affect the metabolism or or certainly energy expenditure. Yeah. Um, which obviously, like I say, it's not an excuse because the the the, the math still apply in all the sorry the formula still applies. It's still calories in versus calories out, but it's just made a lot harder by some of these things. And uh, I think I'm trying to think back to Spencer's talk now in, in the conference, where uh, I think even all of, I don't really remember any even medication um, causing or directly causing weight gain. Um, most of it, I think. Is more around how it affects hunger and yeah. hunger. Yeah, I think, and I, I might be wrong. I can't remember, but yeah, sorry. Uh, so it doesn't. Yeah, you're you you correct there. A lot of that is as a result of. I think there are one or two obscure ones, but it is mainly a driver in terms of increased desire for food and hunger. Yeah. So, so even then, that's like you can't. You know, it's, right, it's making it harder, but it doesn't change it. You know, it's not like oh shit, I'm taking medicine, so I'm going to be fat. You know, it's just the way. Of, well, no, it's just you know. Unfortunately, that there are some effects of that medication, which might mean that it makes it a bit harder for you because you're hungrier. Um, you know, and to be honest, like I guess that this ties into the last point. But you know, even being obese and the hormonal effects of that is the same principle. Right, that's why obesity is so. You know, is that a choice? Because like, I don't know. I'm getting ahead of ourselves, I suppose, because that might ruin the spoiler. But yeah. Yeah, I don't think like, I agree with you. I think outside of that, I don't think there's too much more we can talk about other than, you know, some of these medicines are quite powerful. Um, you know, a lot of these uh, conditions are very, very powerful. And, you know, that again, you know, it's not someone's choice to have PCOS or, you know, a thyroid issue or to have to take some medicine. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think, you know, for all those kind of things, speak with your medical professional. Mm. Cool. cool. 
So uh, I don't know. I'll say, I'll, go on. Go on. I was going to say, should we, should we uh, jump onto the last one? Yeah, I was going to say, I was I was then kind of touching on a couple of things, I suppose, then kind of like... Yeah. Um, so might as well just go straight into it. So I'll, just, I'll, I'll let you dive into this one, so uh, dive into the other one. Let's go. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of touched on it a little bit then in terms of Ethan being obese has psychological and physiological, biological, whatever types of drivers, I think. Um, so like being obese kind of messes with hormones, um, hunger, appetite, regulation, that type of stuff. So you know, I'm not saying hormones cause some fat, fat uh, gain or weight gain, but obviously it does mess with a lot of people's appetite regulation and, and hunger levels and that type of stuff, which then causes you to overeat. So that, and that itself is like, you know, it's not, we're not saying obviously people, or let's do, let's bring, let's take it to, to kind of like an analogy. So, you know, like the, the analogy on obviously on the guy's status that we looked in a week is like no one, choose, like if no, what was it? It was something like if, you know, if someone can choose to go to McDonald's and eat the shit meals there, then they're choosing to be obese. And it's like, well, well hang on a minute. I, the, the reason people choose to eat certain foods is obviously some of the stuff we've talked about already, but also the reason people overeat is not because they're necessarily choosing to overeat. There's some very, very strong physiological and psychological reasons why people eat. You know, we, no, 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 I always put it this way, like, no one really chooses to have shit health today. No, no one chooses. No one no, chooses to not be able to get the stairs. And there's there's one or two obscure people who like to promote haze at some point, healthy at any size, but which is just garbage. So, but the, the fact of the matter is, and I very much respect the person who posted that um, thing. I, I don't follow them on Facebook, do see them elsewhere, and I, I know of them. I respect them very much for a lot of the advice they put out. But I feel that one was a bit uh, off the mark. I, mean, I won't name or shame. It's not. It's not saying. I think, uh, so I, uh, the, the way I would describe that statement is a bit thoughtless, I think. Yes. Um, now, the desire, like, you know, again, it kind of goes back to my every towel thing. If you've, you don't have to have been in that situation to be able to coach people. That's not what I'm saying at all, because, again, I totally disagree with that. People can coach, they just have to be empathetic and come from a place of understanding. But if you've never been in that situation where, Food is in that reward pathway. It is um, emotional. It, it has an emotional attachment to you for whatever reason it may be. It's not as easy just saying just don't do it. Like it's that easy, they wouldn't do it. It's um, you know the the the, the uh, there's a very good thing, wasn't there, around this around the short term decisions. Like it's much easier to make a short term decision than it's a long term decision. And in that moment, whatever it is for whatever reason. Um, that reward driver is overridden their long-term desire to potentially lose weight. Um, and do you know what happens after that? Probably the whole guilt cycle kicks in again. So they feel bad. And the way they get over that is they feel bad so they, because they've broken a diet or whatever it may be. And then they reward themselves with food. And the, the cycle continues and continues and continues. I, I just think if you're someone who's been lean their entire life and you know, hasn't really struggled with that, Try and have some understanding that it isn't as easy for people as it is for you. Not not to round up fully, but just to, to, to kind of get to where a little bit. Obesity is definitely not always a choice. However, there is an element of choice in it, and you do have some control over your own life. The, what my advice there would be to seek out someone who is um, 
an expert in that field and someone who is empathetic towards that situation and can work with you on where you want to get to with those goals and how you get there. Now, it may be that I have to approach your dietary intake in a way that facilitates not, um, I guess, getting some of these biological drivers, so the hunger hormones, um, in such a strong way. So we see in previous things, you know, we have two weeks of dieting, two weeks of maintenance, two weeks of dieting, or you have kind of sprint dieting, so hard aggressive dieting, and then a long break, and then another sprint aggressive dieting. It, it depends on the individual. There, there are ways to work with those people but they they can't necessarily do it alone i think to 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 say it's their choice um you know it's very we didn't even get onto the exercise stuff but gyms are a daunting place to people who've never been there as well i'm jumping all over the place here but if you're not a regular gym goer and you haven't been for some months and oh, sorry, sorry, you have never been and you are what is deemed uh to be overweight or obese there could be a perception that, um, you know, people will mock you for going to the gym or you may be mocked, and that, that probably isn't the case. But, again, all these reasons stopping you making those steps towards reducing your, your weight. Uh, have I made sense or have I jumped around no, no, too no. much? No, no, you have, mate. No, totally. I think, like, the, the, the thing about all of this is there are lots of – there is an element of choice in – most yes. of the stuff we've talked about but that choice is not as clear cut as it seems because there's so many other elements making that choice either really hard or impossible for someone who's obese or you know so like you know the gym example is a good example like it, any 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 individual um who is gr is grossly overweight say stepping in a gym everyone looks at them like it's just human nature to everyone look at them so how the hell are they not going to feel self-conscious and that's going to drive them not to want to go to the gym which is obviously yeah. uh, irony because it's like, why are you looking at someone who's gross of weight? They're trying to fucking lose weight. They're, they're getting in the gym. So, it's like, stop judging people. It's like, it's hard, isn't it? So, you can see yeah. why, why, why people are. So, yeah, I mean, you know, there is an element of and, and do you know, do you know what happens a lot? And I probably did this when I was younger that I, I truly try and avoid doing now is so someone says to you they're trying to lose weight and you immediately try and give them advice. Um, mm. They tell you what they're doing. So, uh, not so much with nutrition because I feel like I ha I am an authority and qualified to do so, but more on the exercise side of things. Sometimes I say, you know, I started running, um, and, and in the old day I might have said, well, that's probably not the best thing for you given your weight and the kind of the impact your joints, um, you know, make kick off hunger signaling, all the stuff, good stuff we covered before. But not that running isn't good; it's good at certain points anyway. I won't get into that. But now I'm just like, okay, that's really good for you, like. It's great that you've got some drive to do something and that you're starting to make a change. If you need any help, you know where I am. Like, And I, I think people try and, you know, like people jump on it, oh, cut out carbs, or you should go keto, you should do this, you should, like, it's just all of a sudden it's overwhelming. You've got all these things you think you should be doing. Um, you know, it's best to just let people know that you're there and, you know, with, without plugging it too much, well, well, I should plug it. We have that free Facebook group, which is exactly that. Um, it's a place you can go, and if you need help or you're struggling with whatever it may be, you can go there and you can get the advice of, what was it, six, six of us now? Six qualified nutrition coaches. Most of us have PT qualifications. Um, and that's all free, and that will guide you in the right direction. We're not going to coach you through the process, but we can point you in the right direction. 
Um, so I guess to sum up, and I think Spencer did it in, in a great way, he, he's not saying, you know, um, he's not saying that you, you can't do this. He's just saying that, you, that some people may need more help than others. And just simply branding those people as lazy um, or, you know, kind of unwilling to do stuff isn't helpful. Um, and it's, it's, not, it's not true. It's not the case. No. Um, so yeah, I've rambled on long enough there, and I've, I've nailed it. My blood pressure low. So, nailed uh, it. No, nailed it, mate. No, I think that's that's nailed it. I think that's everything we want to go through, uh, and it's also quite a long episode, I think, isn't it? Look at this. Twenty. Yeah, yes. Oh, I've got to be up at five. What's going on? Right. Well, uh, no, I don't. I've got nothing else to add, Ed. With him. I didn't even. That was weird. Yeah, that was weird. That sounded like I don't even know what it sounded like actually. Yeah, several times I think. Uh, <laughs> I reckon we say so. Push the button episode there, uh, and we'll uh, we'll catch up with it afterwards. He's uh, quality of sound. Is Ed's just gone right now? There's a couple of things I want to add before we do go. So <laughs> you are what? What's going on here? This is this is I can't take this. Right, Ed, if you're talking, stop talking. Um, yeah, a couple of things I do want to just quickly add before we go is, um, one, please, let's get some more reviews. We haven't had any reviews in a while. Get us up the charts. So please, Matt, so we already share the Facebook group, so go do that. Lastly, so we did the competition for the Rough Runner tickets. Now, they are happening uh, in terms of the draw tomorrow. So you've got one more day's chance if you want to get involved. Um, we've had a good amount of entries you win five free tickets to, and they're worth about 70 quid each or something around that mark. So it's a decent prize. Uh, and there is, I think, four more venues around the country that you can choose from for your five tickets. So go enter, really cool obstacle course race, a bit like Tough Mudder um, without the electrocution, which a lot of you might be pleased about. Um, so yeah, get involved. So find us on Facebook. So just search No Nonsense Nutrition on Facebook uh, in the main group. Or you can... Uh, find us on Instagram at No Nonsense Nutrition, and there's a post in there. So either or, you can either read the rules, terms, conditions. All you got to do is basically like the post, tag tag, tag five mates, uh, or on Facebook you need to like uh, the group and tag your five mates on there, and then you will be entered. Woo! And then actually, we're planning a Tough Mudder meetup in April, uh, May 2019. So keep that in the diaries in case. Everyone wants to come join, do a Tough Mudder. It's a massive Tough Mudder. Shouldn't really promote Tough Mudder. Quite a lot of interest in that already as well, haven't we? We have, yes. A lot. A lot. And I'd like to say, I probably shouldn't promote that at the same time promoting Rough Runner, Rough Runner but, you know, because competing companies and all that. However, meh. Um, cool. We have had a lot of interest, yes, said. So hopefully it'll be a good, good day out and burgers afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, buddy. Right. Anyone wants anything else or are we just going peace? We're out. Thanks for listening to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast. We'll speak to you all next week.